This episode of the Crown Refs podcast is brought to you by RefereeStore.com. To save 15% on all United Attire products, enter Crown15 at checkout. We hope you enjoy this episode and do us one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. A lot of my guests have interacted in some way, or it was a referral from one of the guests who then, like Scott Foster referred Joey Crawford. I asked Scott, I said, who else, you know, do you think would be great on the podcast? He goes, ah, Joey will do it. So he gave me Joey's number. He told Joey I was going to be calling him, and then me and Joey had a great conversation, and then I invited Joey on the podcast to do it like that. Talk to me about last week, a couple of things we went over, what you did, and then we'll get started. Yeah, so I know we talked about, you know, um, initializing the brand and really kind of taking the name Unbiased Zebra and creating different platforms and going with that. Um, I've done that. I've got the email. I have a TikTok account, uh, Instagram. I think the only thing that I don't have yet is a YouTube Um uh, account, but I mean, I can easily link that to the unbiased zebra email. Um, and I also created uh, a discord kind of a, uh, a offshoot of what uh, we have in crown. Um, I kind of wanted to see how that would, what the back end of that looked like. Um, so I kind of have that going. Nobody's in it, but me right now, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I got to. Um, I also had a logo made. Um, my fiance helped me, uh, create that. So I'm, I'm really blessed to, to have that. And I think if I can find it, I'd love to show it to you. Sure. Can't wait. Let's see where's Canva. She's an artist. She is not, but she's really good with Canva. Um, yeah. she works in higher ed and so she uses it a lot. Yeah, I've used Canva, Canva since 2019, every podcast cover, Every picture I've ever done pretty much has come from Canva. Yeah, that's I've used it before, but not really in a sense of like creating a brand, more just like some marketing stuff. But that is, I know it's a little bright. Okay, I like the stripes. I like it. Yeah, she kind of took the idea of the, you know, the old school high school jacket with the white stripes on the sleeves. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I really like that. She also has like a one that goes like across, and it's just unbiased zebras um, in black and then white. Nice. So. Well, way to way to get it done. You know, uh, you know, it's one thing to talk about it, but you went out and executed and kind of got yourself situated and built those foundational steps to then grow from there. It's important to really build that strong foundation. So, nice yeah. job getting it done. Um, Thank you. On the ride up here, I, I know we picked Unbiased zebra, zebra, but you know how Barstool, all of their creators that get added, like it started off with just Barstool, but then it mm-hmm. went to, let's say, Eric Johnson at Barstool, and you know he had his own podcast, and so I was thinking John McNeil at Crown, Crown Refs. I mean, I'm, I'm down. We can, and, and then that would um, be a good growth opportunity for anybody else that wanted to get into the space. They could just use the crown label 
they're doing their own thing, but they're part of the Crown Refs brand. But it's just something uh, I wanted to roll out to you. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I like that idea. Um, I know for me, creating a brand is it, right now, especially with all the tournaments coming around, would kind of be a little mind boggling for me. Um, so I think probably taking the step and going with John at Crown Refs might be the better idea. Um, just to kind of keep me in a better headspace, uh, you know, through this next couple weeks. Yeah, we could definitely talk about it, um, how we would execute that, but just for an sure. idea. So uh, let's get into what you have for me this week. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to ask you a question. I know Crown Refs offers the individual performance report. And that one of the things I wanted to ask you was, you know, how did you decide on – taking on that extra, you know, opportunity within crown refs. Cause it's not, I feel like it's not just the podcast, but you also do that, which is an added responsibility. So what made you decide to also do that? Well, that was really my first entryway into the market, into the marketplace. Okay. <clears throat> That's my first product slash service that, uh, that I sold, you know, I, I went a year and a half, almost two years, building up equity, putting out content, building relationships. When I started Crown Refs, I never thought it would monetize. I never got into it with any thoughts of me making money or me turning it into a business. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to dominate content and connecting officials and building relationships with them. And I knew if I did that on a daily basis, good things would happen down the road. That's always what I said. I just want to dominate the day. And I know copy and paste that over one to two, three, six years, good things are going to happen. So yeah. to answer your question, um, I did a lot of film work myself. People want to know why I have my own film review service is because I was practicing hundreds of times on myself watching my own film. I was, I thought I was very different when it came to my film review, how I acquired film, how much I watched it, how much I put into the actual breakdown process and crafting my own individual reports for myself. So it was years and years of me doing that on my own to then when I connected the dots, I said, okay, um, I don't know, I don't know the, the, the genesis of the idea of when I said, let me do a film review, but it was just the repetition of me doing that on my own and then kind of connecting the dots and said, all right, I think I can do this film breakdown service because it's never been done no one's ever provided this service where mm -hmm. you send a link and then someone sends you back a very comprehensive in-depth evaluation report that's customized for you normally we go to camp we get um clinicians that give us feedback in a one to three setting so it's one clinician giving three people their feedback a lot of times it's feedback for all three and it's not individualized so this was years of me learning the industry and finding where the white space would be, coupling that with what I was good at. So when I created the service, I packaged it, you know, like that's when I was able to create content about the service. So I, dra I crafted all the different sections. So there's seven different parts. Mm -hmm. So I spent time, all right, what are, what are the seven parts gonna be? Well, there's an overview. That's a general synopsis of everything. There's areas of strength. I'm gonna highlight your areas of strength. There's areas of growth and improvement. I'm gonna highlight the areas that you need to improve in. There's next steps. What are the next steps? How do you incorporate all this information I'm giving you into next actionable steps? 
Then there's a video review where I record a video of myself and I share it. it it's a video customized for that individual where I mimic their signals and then I give my own signal. So it's a customized one-to-one -one mechanics video that's attached in the report. And then uh, we do a follow-up on Zoom once they kind of download the report and, and review it. Mm -hmm. So there's this, you know, that there, that service um, wound up being super helpful for so many different officials. But before I, I started it, I crafted it. I made content like, um, you know, pictures that they would find in the email that said overview. It was branded. So it looked like an actual toolkit or a package. Um, and then I just continued to expand from there. But before I, um, as I started to sell it, I, I had to do the first 10 for a hundred bucks. I knew it was worth way more than a hundred, but mm -hmm. I was no one. No one knew this is a new service. I didn't prove anything. I got to kind of almost go pro bono, not pro bono, but work way under what the value is. You got to build up that value. And now I'll tell you between me and you, it's $400. Gotcha. Crown refs IPR. And that's yeah. based off the demand that I'm getting and my limited time now to do the IPR now that I have the community, but I'm trying to keep, I am keeping it all going and I've incorporated the report as part of a video review session that the community is invited to attend. Gotcha. Okay. I, that also leads into my next question. Cause like that's, there's a, you know, the seven steps, there's a lot that goes into that. So mm -hmm. how much time do you decide to devote, you know, knowing the value of what you're giving them, how much time do you decide to devote to IPR to the podcast? And then how do you, split that you know also work-life balance how do you how do you really balance all of that into i guess a week i mean the ipr is on demand it's whenever i get orders so it's not like i'm busy every week with an ipr in the three years that i've started the IP, done the ipr i've done 68 i think film reviews and you know it goes up and down um there's months where I get like four and I'm like, oh my God, this is a, I have a lot going on now. But again, it all gets back to refereeing one possession at a time, mm -hmm. one play at a time, one referee at a time, one interaction at a time, one notification at a time, one episode at a time. You cannot do it all at once. You cannot allow that to start to stress you out uh, more than once. Um, I, I can't really give you an answer as far as, oh, I do, you know, three hours here and then there's two hours that goes to the podcast. I'm not that organized. I'm very spontaneous. I don't, yeah. I wake up every day. I don't know what the schedule is going to be. And then I just, it just hits me. I, I, you know, I, I, it's all about feel for me, but, um, obviously I'm going to, if I get orders for the IPR, that now takes precedence over the podcast because now this is actual business transaction that's going on. I want to handle that before the podcast, but. Yeah, I mean, the, the key is to for me to not have any stoppages in any of the distribution channels that I'm doing. So you may mm -hmm. see me go quiet for a couple of days or a few weeks, and it usually means that I'm working on something else or I got, you know, other things going. But just to give you, um, you know, advice on the balance part, it's just one thing at a time. Don't don't stress yourself by doing too much. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and sorry, just stay, stay there with me. And also I use the IPR as content opportunities. So the recording that I do with that official in the zoom follow-up, that's a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of doing the podcast with, and doing the IPR at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely noticed that. I know there's, uh, I, I honestly couldn't tell you how many I've seen or listened to 
on the road. Um, but I definitely listened to the podcast and been like, I, they're talking about film and I can't see the film, but you know, mentally processing, seeing you, you see plays all the time. So when you start to hear similar vernacular, you're like, Oh, okay. I get what they're kind of talking about. So you can kind of put it in your head. Yeah, I know. I, I did for, I did audio calls first with the IPR, so I was getting that feedback a lot, like, oh, I want to see the visual of it. But also another reason why I'm even sharing that one-to-one recording is to market the service. Mm-hmm. It's free marketing for the service. So, yeah, I know this one episode may not be 100% contextual to the, to the listener. They might not be able to visualize the plays, but at least you know what I'm doing. This is an IPR service. This is an episode called game notes where Paul works with one official. And so it's, it's, it, it, we're doing marketing at that time. We're raising awareness on the service, even if it may not be the most like ideal podcast episode, so to speak, it's more of a visual based episode, but again, mm-hmm. so much of what we're talking about, you you should be able to hear it and say, Oh yeah, that applies to me or, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think going into the podcast, side of things uh and using that outside of the, those officials or people who use the ipr and you know using that as your part of your podcast how do you reach out to somebody to ask them to be on a podcast and what does that process look like because i know you've got like people like tyler ford um i've seen i've seen him on the episode i'm pretty sure at some point you had uh joey crawford so like how do you build those relationships or even start those relationships with people that in our world tend to be, you know, uh, those people that are up there that, that, you know, we, people that are not on that level could feel like I I, I could never reach out to them. Well, you shouldn't feel like that because we're Mm -hmm. all human beings and we got to, you got to be humble and the person receiving the call needs to be humble and the and even you being humble enough to know that he's a human being just like you you should be able to reach out show some love give them a compliment and then ask them if they want to do this thing for officiating that they love so it's actually not that hard especially in a 2023 world where you have mm-hmm. everybody's address on the internet at some you can get to anyone at some point so i'll give you a general answer to that and then you could let's then we can actually go guest by guest and i could just tell you how i was able to link with them but the goal is for you to put out content so they come to you. Mm-hmm. A lot of my guests, they either they interact with my content, they reply to an email, they friend me on Facebook. I get clues. If I get a clue that you could be interested or you're interacting with the content, now I know I can reach out and kind of ask you. I would prefer to not ask anyone. I would prefer that they just come all my way. That doesn't happen all the time, but a lot of my guests have interacted in some way or was a referral from one of the guests who then like Joey Crawford, excuse me, Scott Foster referred Joey Crawford. I asked Scott, I said, who else, you know, do you think would be great on the podcast? He goes, ah, Joey will do it. So he gave me Joey's number. He told Joey I was going to be calling him. And then me and Joey had a great conversation. And then I invited Joey on the podcast to do it like that. Um, But as far as like, getting people on you just got to find their address you just got to reach out but you're going to have more leverage to reach out if you've already established a brand mm-hmm. so i didn't reach out to anybody cold before crown refs was ever anything i really didn't even feature a guest on until episode until the 30s or episode 40s 
that's when I really started featuring guests. It was just me and my partner at the time, Mr. Pink. He was kind of like the first guest, but he was a reoccurring guest. Mm-hmm. Um, we put out 30 or 40 episodes before anybody really started to notice. And then actually Al Batista, one of our first big guests, he reached out to me. Now I had known Al because Al had uh, watched me ref a couple times. So I knew Al before Crown Refs as a, he just knew me as an official. So once he started to see what I was doing, he called me up. He's like, Paul, I got one of your newsletters. And he was kind of surprised. He's like, you know, this is great stuff. I love what you're doing. I would love to go on one of your podcasts. <laughs> he said it just like that. Um, so it was nice to reconnect with Al kind of in this different space now where he wasn't speaking to me like a ref who he might want to send to the G League or whatever or refer to a league or whatever. Um, he was looking at me as a fellow content creator and mentor, officiating mentor. So we connected there. And from there, we did a great episode. When I interviewed Al, I met another lady who I had known, who knew my brother. She said, oh, you're doing a podcast. You should meet my friend, Scott Foster. I go on vacation with him every week. So right after I interviewed Al, I met, um, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on her name, but she, me and her reconnected. She gave me Scott's uh, phone number. I reached out to Scott. We made that happen. So what other guests do you want to know how I got on specifically? Um, I know Tyler Ford was on there um, pretty recently. I want to say Tyler. I'm drawing a blank. I, I mean, he <laughs> definitely was watching. I get analytics, too, of every of everything. Like newsletters go out. I know who opens it. Instagram sure. stories, we could see who watches the story. So I think Tyler, I, I, I saw him viewing a lot of the stuff, whether it was the newsletter or I just had built up enough confidence to know he knows what's going on. It seems like he likes it because he's been watching for a few months now. So let me go cold and just ask him. Um, sure. Or, or I had spoken to somebody and they were like, yeah, he'll definitely do it. So Tyler was an easy one. As soon as I reached out, he he immediately said yes, and we we did it from there. That's awesome. Um, I think you you kind of alluded to my next question without knowing that you were alluding to it. But how do you make you know those connections? Um, I know you said you knew Al from you know offic- your officiating times. Uh, you know he he knew you as an official. How do you start? So let's say. I wanted to reach out to a cold to uh, one of the official, you know, one, an NBA official to come on a future podcast. How do you create those virtual relationships and then move them to a potential like in person? Um, you know, it, in the referee community, we have all these camps, but not everybody can be everywhere at once. So how do you how do you foster those relationships in to more than just the one offs or um you know, move them from virtual into the in-person. Well, I mean, I, ha- I haven't really had a guest where, you know, we we did a podcast and then, well, that's not true. And then they invited me to their camp. Roger Ayers did invite me to his camp. So, yes, I have been, been able to build some relationships that did cross over into in-person. It just comes down to being a great partner. It comes down to being a great person. Like, that's why I talk about these things all the time, being kind to everybody, being humble, providing value is something I learned a lot with Crown Refs, how to provide value to people. And that can come in so many different forms, whether you're providing value for your audience or you're providing value with the com- to the conver- conversation you're having with that person, whether mm-hmm. it's 
you know, just being authentic, giving them a compliment, asking about their family. That's why I say every relationship start, we ask about their family. They're going to instantly think, think so highly of you for probably ever. I learned about a concept called anchoring. When you first meet with somebody, usually you anchor onto the first thing that they say. Or when you're gathering information on a storyline, you anchor to that first piece of information you get. So I'd like to think when you say something like, how's your family doing? That anchors to someone's mind and they instantly kind of store you in a, in a happy place in their mind. Yeah. Um, but whether you're reaching out through email, um, it, this just gets down to human relations, being a good par partner, being a good person, knowing how to communicate the right way with somebody. So it's just relationship building. Okay. So not much different than, you know, creating a, a work relationship with some, some of your people, just kind of being that good person, being that good work partner um, in general kind of leads to that fostering and could eventually, you know, move that forward. Yeah. And eliminate the thought like these people are impossible to get or like, you know, like don't even go there. This, this should be easy. I think this is easy actually. Mm -hmm. You want a list of 10 people, put these, put, put them on a list and we'll go get them, you know, like we'll reach out to them. And I mean, I could definitely walk you through that. That that's the easy part, but providing yeah. value to everybody you meet, not thinking that the person on the other end, just because they worked in the NBA finals is any different or better than you. Mm -hmm. Humble humility. Yeah. I think for me personally, it, it, it kind of stems from a, a belief that when you're working at those levels, you know, you see people like LeBron James, Steph Curry, Dwight Howard, you know, they're all at that level. And so I, even, even the, you know, they might be, they are, they are, they might be, they are humans and they're people just like us. You know, we see what they do on, in, on their social media. And so I kind of equate that to our community of referees is when they're in the NBA, they're on that level. So I, I, yeah, I appreciate the, the bringing me back to reality and that, Hey, they're just people. Cause I, I, sometimes I, sometimes I forget that, you know, people, even celebrities are people too. Yeah. And I never got into it being like starstruck. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's so regular it's just, it's just it's a it's very i'm going to treat you like i treat everybody else i'm not doing anything different just because you've had an illustrious officiating career yeah oh that's uh man i love that that's that's good and i think that's good for some of the officials here to to hear because i know that sometimes i know when i was a younger official and i was looking up to uh natasha harris i was like man she's She's working these leagues. She's like awesome, but you know, I think it's good because now I see that in some of my younger officials. So I think I'm going to definitely bring that to them because um, they, uh, a lot of them reach out to me and say, Hey, are, are you working anywhere this weekend during, you know, regular season? And they all want to come and I'm humbled and I, I feel so good about them wanting to come and watch me work. Um, because it makes me feel like I'm doing something. It makes me feel like I'm doing something right. I know that I'm doing something right by teaching them and passing along the information, but there's the affirmation of them saying, Hey, you know, can I come watch you this weekend? Um, and I think that feels really good. Um, 
So I think that's, this is going to be a good, you know, little nugget that I'm going to bring to them be like, Hey, we're all human. Well, listen, and we, we talk about this a lot when, when we're talking about partnering, it doesn't matter your partner, the level of your partner, the experience level, it could mm-hmm. be a 12 time state championship official or a first year official. You got to treat them the same. Yeah. So you can apply that, what I just told you, into the podcast. If I'm bringing on an NBA guest or I'm bringing on a first-year official, it's going to be the same respect, the same level of great partnering that I deliver, no matter their experience level. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're working with a D1 official, you shouldn't be nervous. You shouldn't be like, oh, I can't call in his area. And conversely, if you're working with a brand-new official, you shouldn't feel like, oh, I have to call from across the court to have their back. No, it's equal partnership. Right. Yeah. I, I will say that I felt that this weekend. So um, I know you saw in the discord that I had my first TBL game on Friday. Um, and it was an experience. It's, you know, for me, I have not worked that level of basketball yet. And so going into it, I don't think I was nervous about the partnering. I knew that that community of officials is a good community of officials. Um, and the people that I work with, just in the locker room beforehand felt good. Um, But I will say that I was nervous to be on the court uh, working that level. And I think I was so, I've done it, you know, I've I've officiated for nine nine years now. And I think the, the part about once your whistle, once the ball goes up, that it just kind of goes away. Um, Because at, at any given point, it's basketball. The rules might be different at each level, and they are different at every level. But it's it's basketball, and I think we went into the we went into halftime, and I think we all pre- felt pretty good. Um, and so I didn't bring the ner- I was thankful that I didn't bring the nervousness into the locker room at the beginning uh, with the partners. I think I was more like, oh my gosh, this is a different level of play. You know, there's a lot of above the rim stuff, and trying to. I think I was more nervous about me making sure I made the right calls than I was about calling, you know, with the, uh, with my partners. So that was, that was fun. Good. Um, you're getting a lot better just by getting those reps. I mean, it's uh it's like a men's league on steroids. Pretty much. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my fiance took, came and took pictures and it was the first time I'd seen myself next to a player that was taller than me. <laughs> Cause you know, most, most of the time at the, at the high school level, they're either as tall or just a little bit shorter. Um, than me. And so this, I, this, I have a picture, the guy's at least a head taller than me. And I was like, man, that is, that is something else. So it felt good. And your game went well. Any plays you want to talk about with me? There were, I think there were just a lot of situations um, that I'd kind of like to chat about as far as like clock management and game space. So you know, we, we got into the arena and we recognized that there was only one shot clock. It was on the floor across from the table. Um, clock operator never worked the clock before. And, you know, I think as a crew, we kind of talked about who was going to have the clock and where we were going to go and, and who was going to talk to the table. But I think in general, as far as game management goes with partners that you've never worked with before, how do you navigate, you know, calling, a, a, 
if if you can't see the clock, how do you navigate with that with your partners if you haven't previously talked about it? That was that was the hard part. Was we we talked about who had what, um, but we never talked about who was going to talk to the table or who was going to who needed to uh, depending on where they were talk to the table. How do you navigate that with partners you've never worked with before? What do you mean by talk to the table? Like the R, whoever the R was that goes and does the administrative work with the table? What do you mean by, by talk to um, the table? Well, so a lot of the times when, in, during the game, the, the table would look at, at us and try to have one of us come over. Um, and I don't think we ever talked about, you know, outside of the beginning administrative stuff, who is supposed to go and talk to the table during weird situations, especially with the, the shot clock not resetting when it's supposed to or starting. So all all of you, all of you, not all of you at the same time, but who's ever closest. You mm -hmm. guys got three R's in the game. Just because there's an R on paper, mm -hmm. we all have to act as the crew chief. So the closest official should then take the lead if there's any issues with the clock. Anytime they call, it, it, we're not going to assign one specific person to then go over to the clock. It's who's ever closest. Who's ever at okay. the disposal? Okay. Step up. I, yeah, that, that's kind of what we did. Um, it just felt it just felt weird um, when they brought me to the table and they were asking questions, and I was like, uh, "That might not be a me question." Um, specifically, there was an instance where a player was not checked in um, or had a different number, and administratively, I know in in our league that's not. A technical foul, you just fix it. Um, but it was just weird for them to ask me that. I, I felt weird about it. Them asking me that question because I was like, I don't, don't feel I weird. Answer. Don't, don't feel, feel weird. weird. Eliminate the feeling of feeling weird. Okay. It's going to take some mental work, mm -hmm. some different formulas that you run through your head. But I don't want to feel weird. <laughs> I don't. That's fair. I, and if I start to be in a situation that could previously I would identify as being weird. I want to have a mindset that doesn't allow me to feel weird in that moment, mm -hmm. awkward or uncomfortable. And that, that gets back to being comfortable when you're on or being comfortable in chaos mm -hmm. or being comfortable when it's awkward for others. Okay. I got you. That's like, I like get it. Saying. I'm just trying to get you to a new level of thought where it's like, no, this wasn't weird. This yeah. happened, and this is how I responded. There's a saying that I've I've heard. It's what is chaos to the fly is is normal to the spider. Um, and so I guess I just got to get the mentality of like this is a spider web, and I'm the spider, not the fly. AKA your perspective. It's all about your perspective. Yeah, yeah. There is I, now now that I think about it, there is a play in in a coach like a talking to the coach situation. Um, I had a player drive to the basket defense arm barred him about i don't know three or four feet and he basically brought him around the arc the three-point arc and so i called i called it because it's you know full-on extension arm bar i go across and i report it and i went to the coach and i tried using one of those rapid responses because he was he was staring down at me like uh like pretty similar to the uh, iowa coach that, he didn't uh, say anything to you. He was just staring at you. Initially, he was just staring at me, and I and I was coming over to the table, and he kind of he looked like he wanted an explanation, and so instead of engaging him with the 
you know, in, in, in addressing his his stare, I just kind of said, "Hey, coach, what did you see?" Okay, did he? He didn't say any words to you, so no, I would have didn't. reported the foul and been out. Okay. Yeah. So I, I probably inserted myself too much. He's got to ask you something, or he's got to do something that makes you want to either manage him or follow up with a question. Okay. He could look at you while you're reporting. Now, that's fine. You're looking at me, no problem. Okay, I have a sense you're staring at me, no problem. But I'm about to go switch, so I'm not going to stop and go start and initiate a conversation. I don't initiate mm -hmm. conversations with coaches unless I have to go give them a rapid response. Mm -hmm. Or it's administrative. But I'm not going to go talk to you just because I got the hunch that you would probably want to talk to me. But you didn't say okay. anything, so sorry. Gotcha. Just, just leave him alone. Okay. Yeah. I, in hindsight, I, I definitely should have because it led to a – I said, what, you know, what did you see, Coach? Yeah, let's so play out what happened. Go ahead. You, start, you yeah. opened up the door. He goes, it's not really about what I saw. It's what did you have? And it was at that point that I – you know, I, I knew what he was trying to get at. And so from there, I stopped the conversation and I didn't engage him anymore because I knew that engaging him after that point was not going to end well. And I didn't want to further what I had opened the door to. Um, and so he, I turned around because uh, now that I think about it, it was a shooting foul, which is why I had the arm bar because he went from A to B. Um, and as I turned back around, he then continued to bark at me um, because I had opened the floodgates. And I, I, I ended up having to give him the stop sign. I just, um, it was something, it was, he had been barking all game and I was mentally trying to have a rapport with him. And so I think that's why, that's why I asked him and opened the floodgates. But yeah, probably shouldn't have done that. You build rapport by being a great ref, mm -hmm. by showing professionalism, by showing that you're accurate, and by having respectful and effective conversations, not by, like, going out of your way to romance them or open up a conversation that is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. As far as your response, uh, what did you see? That's something that I'm only going to say if if the coach in your situation. How is that? How is that a foul, John? How is that a foul, Coach? Coach, Coach, talk to me. What did you see? But the mm -hmm. way you you applied it, he didn't say anything, so you just went up to him. What did you see, Coach? If he was again, let's play it out different. John, John, John. What what was that, Coach? I had the defender not establishing a legal guarding position, and they didn't maintain it. So when the crash happened, that's why we had a block. What did you see? So mm -hmm. the what did you see is something to either de-escalate immediately or pose the question after you give a rule-based explanation. Don't start off that with what did you see mm -hmm. if you don't have to de-escalate. See, see where I'm going? You didn't yeah. have to de-escalate. You just entered the conversation with what did you see? And then he took control and then framed up the conversation and gave it back to you. And you're like, well, I don't want to talk inside of this thread. <laughs> right. Yeah, I – it was at the point I was, I gave him the, the stop sign. I haven't watched the film yet, um, but I'm sure because it's right at the table. I'm sure that it looks awkward because like I come towards him, I report the foul. I kind of ask him the question and I turn and then all of a sudden here comes my hand out to him to kind of give him the, the stop sign. Um, 
So I'm sure I'm sure when I go back and look at film, I'm going to be like, yep, that was not the greatest decision. Um, so <laughs> now if, if you feel that stare is is a taunt, then that's a different <laughs> approach. Then that's a different I mean, I, approach. I think that's why that was part of the reason that I felt like I needed to, because it felt like he was like, it wasn't just a, I'm going to look at you. It was a, oh, yikes. <laughs> Sorry. So um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to play that a bunch of different ways based on the feel of that moment. But okay. something could play out like, coach, 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 how you doing? Hello. Hi. I see you're staring me. Did you have a question? Did you have a specific question? Just playing offense on that. And I went mm -hmm. the humorous route for a second. I've done that before. I've done the, are you, are you okay? Like I'm concerned. Are you, are you okay? Mm -hmm. I see you. I see you staring like that. Are you okay? Do you have a question? It's offense. We're playing. If you feel like he's taunting you, now it's offense. It's not, hey, coach, what did you see? And then let back up and let him swing at you again. Yeah. Okay. So this is good. I'm glad we're able to discuss the, the rapid response and the, and the proper application of it. Mm -hmm. All right. What else you got? Um, not, uh, I can't really think of any other weird things that happened. It was oh, you, pretty much you, it. You can get back to the content questions if you had any. Any left? Um, let's see. Oh, yes. So when you're creating your content, uh, or I guess when you started creating your content, um, how did you decide what was going to be short form, what was going to be long form? Or is that one of those? I don't ever make that proclamation when I'm creating. Okay. I just press record. Okay. Kind of like however, last week. Last week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, however, however it ends up, uh, you, I don't ever say here, here's a very simple answer. A lot of the short clips are done from my long form videos. So mm -hmm. let's say we do this episode right here, the John and Paul show. It's going to be 40 minutes, right? We're going to yeah. post this full clip. This is long form, right? Mm -hmm. Th this clip is one piece of content. However, inside of it, there's potentially 40 pieces of content, depending on how good we were today. Gotcha. That, could, that could be a seven second clip of something very clever that you said and a good answer that I gave. That could be something funny that we did that we throw some music behind and now it becomes whatever, right? So inside of the long form clip, there's tons of short form opportunities. So you mm -hmm. don't do one or the other, you do both, you do it all. And then okay. we take from the long form, we take one minute short form clip that goes on to TikTok and Instagram and then LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook. And then we got the one clip. Oh, in attach in that in that post where you have the one click, now it has the link for the full video. If you want to see the full clip, here's the link to see the full video. So you don't have to pick one or the other. I, I know this is confusing and I'm not confusing now that we clarified it, but I can understand why you would have that question. It's like, what, what do we do? You know, how do you, how do you record? Is it long? Is it short? You know, how long should the episodes be? That's irrelevant. The key is more quantity is, is the key. Okay. So I know that you had um, kind of going off that. I know that there was uh, an official uh, that you were giving feedback to like a one-on-one -on -one situation. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming at a camp cause he had shorts on um, that, there is a lot of content that came from that um, particular official. So I guess that was kind of where I thought, oh, maybe he did a clip here. He was, you know, maybe he thought, well, I'm going to ask these questions and then, 
but I, I feel like now that we're now that you're telling me there was a, you were recording the whole time the whole time it was not, just, not it was not yeah. all right let's shoot this clip for tiktok it's press record do the entire day like the cameraman is not even there get all of your clips they send me the full file of clips I create a long form version of that, like in a vlog style or a documentary that showcases kind of the whole trip in a long forward episode. But then I'm going in chronological order, clip by clip. I got a seven minute clip up here. I'm looking at the seven minute clip and I'm trying to build short clips from the seven minute clip. So um, it could be 30 seconds that I take. Oh, I really like, you know, what I said here and I finished it off, so this could be the end of the video. We'll add our animated logo at the end, and then boom, that's one video. Same person, same crew. Now I'm going to the next video chronologically. Where did I leave off? All right, so we cut the first part. We did that. We posted that. What's next? All right, this is garbage, not using this, not using this, and you're just scrolling through, and you find something. So what I would recommend for you is you have the in-person setting. Mm-hmm. You know, I would get a vid- videographer there or just someone to film you. I would get a mic and you have a great opportunity to record a lot of great content with your officials, with your staff, with your community. Mm-hmm. Great clips. Don't even, I mean, you can get creative and say, oh, and come in with a plan. That's great. You know, or you could just say press record and then you'll get all of that footage and then you just go back and you edit it and you take what is good. And you can make it a podcast. You can make it a short video. You can make it a picture with a quote. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you start to work out and flex that creative muscle. Yeah. Which that is, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I always knew I was very creative, but I hadn't learned the social media trade. I got in not knowing anything. I didn't know any of the features of any platform. I didn't know how to use filters. I didn't know how to use any of the other features that are included, the tons of features that are included in every platform, you know? So it's, it's just, mm-hmm. it's like anything else. You're just learning, you're working out, you're gaining muscle memory. Now, four or five years later, I feel like I'm a, I'm a seasoned vet at this. Like, you know, I don't have, I don't have any social media questions. I feel like I know what yeah. I need to do. Yeah. I, uh, I used CapCut for the first time, uh, right before the Ole Miss tournament. Um, cause I had a, I had a clip that I've used for training for three or four years now. What size was um, the video? What was the shape of it? Here's a, let's, let's test you. Uh, oh, size of the video. Yeah. Do you know not, about not video length. sizes? No, not, not uh, length. Um, ratio square, rectangle, horizontal. Oh man. Um, I couldn't All tell right. you. Honestly. So here's what very simple. All of your videos, horizontal. Mm-hmm. You see my TikToks, full full screen vertical. Mm-hmm. Everything you record now should be full screen vertical. Full screen vertical. No more widescreen, no more square shots. Try to get okay. as much full screen vertical. That's the modern mobile video. Nobody's flipping their phone over to look at it sideways unless you're going to watch a movie on YouTube. Besides that, everything is traditionally held holding the phone and, and full screen vertical. Okay. Yeah, I, the the clip is from a Huddle Game Film, um, so I think thankfully whatever whatever that was, it was able to work. Um, and then in CapCut, I cut it down and uh, shortened it. It was like a forty-two second clip. Um, there's there were two plays at one at the opposite end of the court, and um, I utilize it a lot for 
like good partnering and, and cadence whistles. Um, so what did you add was, to the video? It's so it's a huddle clip of a play of mm -hmm. partners showing good teamwork. So what did you add to it? So the first part is the play, the play, the play, bang, the foul happens. And then um, there's a pause. And then so it, it cuts to black and there's words on the screen that says, what do you got? Okay. Um, and then I have to pause it because I can't figure out how to make that longer or, you know, cause I want, I want feedback from the participants in the training. Um, and then it goes from there. So once we kind of talk about what they had and, and what they saw, the next part is the play, the play bang. And then my whistle and you know, the, the, the play call, um, and the interaction with the coaches that happened afterwards. And then it cuts to, did you see that? And so I pause it again and we talk about the interact, the assistant coach hopping up and getting in my face and the coach kind of talking to me. I asked him, Hey, you know, what do you think the coach is saying at this point? How do you, how would you respond to the things that he, he did say to me? And then after that, it's another, I play it again and it's slowed down. So that they and there's like arrow points, uh, one to the assistant coach and one to the head coach, kind of saying, Good. "Hey, this is what you need to look at." Um, All right, so you're, add, you're adding some other elements. I like to see that. Let me just I'm, give you I'm a trying. quick. <laughs> I love it. Let me give you a quick tip for content um, style or con mm -hmm. um, topics of content. One thing I never like to do is the "What do you got?" videos. Will you make the call? Videos. Now, I mm -hmm. you, if you'll notice, I put videos up of other plays and I'll, and I'll ask that, what do you got? I, I started doing that a little bit more recently on TikTok, more of a way of just posting more content. Sure. Not, not that I really want to hear what the audience thinks. I'm going to be honest with you because I, yeah. enter, and I, and I say that humbly only because when I entered the space with crown refs, everybody else was doing that. Everybody else. That was the only content for refs post a play mm -hmm. that's been on TV and then ask everybody what they have. And I said, no, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to let people know what I got, so to speak, but mm -hmm. without doing those type of videos. Now, that those videos are, are great, and they could definitely be helpful for your community of refs. But for you, for you to make bigger waves, you're going to be a teacher. So I want mm -hmm. you to tell us what's going on. I want you to drop a rule-based explanation to a coach. I want you to speak about the rule like you're the teacher now. Okay. So remember so, that. Okay. So specifically with that clip, um, what would you recommend I do for like posting it on TikTok or how would you, how would you fix, not fix, but how would you change it so that I am doing the teaching point? As I wouldn't to change it now. Keep it as is. This is one video. You don't have to go back and rewrite the ship. I'm, you're going to make a thousand other videos though. Okay. Gain, gain the experience from doing this video. Don't go back and change everything you did. I'm just saying moving forward, I want you to keep that in mind. Be be an informer. You know, mm -hmm. teach us. We're here to teach us, not to just watch you say, hey, what do you got? No, I, John, I came here to hear what you got. You're yeah. asking me what I got. I need to learn. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so. Right. You're going to make way more impact by, and that's how you give value. Now you're giving me value. You're teaching mm -hmm. me. I'm coming to watch you so you can teach me for instruction. Okay. Educational value. Is there for posting it on TikTok and Instagram? Cause I think I want to go ahead and do that with this particular clip. Is there anything that you would 
not change, but add like the voiceover. Like a you got to send me the or... send me the video, and I'll tell okay. you. But yes, voiceover is another good feature that you mm-hmm. can, especially on a like on a generic play that you take from TV or YouTube to now mm-hmm. add your element, add a voice to it. That's another, I think, great element to the to the video. Mm-hmm. So voice, I mean, it's all about you right now experimenting and doing everything. Do the voiceover, do the video with the text, do just do everything. It's all a taste test. You're like at a buffet right now and you're learning okay. what you're good at. You're learning and eventually you'll start to make habits of things that you're good at. Maybe voiceover is your, your go-to. Maybe that's, you know, how you're going to put, put out a lot of videos. Maybe you'll be the voiceover guy. I don't know. Maybe you'll. Again, it's just about trying and experimenting. Sure. Okay. Um, as far as, so I guess um, sending it, to, or I guess. I'll and when you post a video, it's important to also title it in a cover. So TikTok, okay. when you post on TikTok, you can add to the cover words that describe it. Make sure you're always doing that. Every video you publish on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Instagram. Instagram doesn't have the feature where you can add text to the cover screen. You can add mm-hmm. obviously text to the video and then slide it to show where you want the video to start. So you may, have, if you don't have any previous text on Instagram, then you could add it in the video and then mm-hmm. just scroll to that part on the cover part. But when people go back and look at your gallery, hold on one second. When people go back and look at your gallery, it's easier for them to scroll through and see what the video is about versus just looking at a picture of the video. That doesn't tell me what it's about. Sure. I see a lot of people make that mistake. If you notice on my video, my videos, my pictures, everything, you mm-hmm. see what it's about. Yeah. You're creating less friction for the end user. Okay. Um, so how often, I'll ask this question and I got one more question for you. How often do you use your like plays that you uh, have from your game film as opposed to finding other things? Um, like I know uh, with the officially human, you know Brian Barlow talked about his videos um, that get sent to him. How often do you utilize, or would you utilize your film versus stuff that gets sent to you versus stuff that you find? Say hi to John. Hi. Hi. Let me come in. I'll be I'll be out in five minutes, okay? But you can hang right here. <laughs> um, but we're hey, we're recording, so you got to keep it. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Although I do, <laughs> although I do kind of want your voice on here. Um, you know, like I said, every day I don't I don't have a schedule, so I don't I don't post a ton of my own plays on social. Mm-hmm. Um. I post more high school plays. I don't do a ton of college. I just feel more comfortable posting high school. So I'll do sure. that a lot. But my main, my go-to content is mic'd up clips of myself. I'm getting ready to go to Qatar next week. Mm-hmm. So I'm, we're going to be filming out there in Qatar, mic'd up just like we were at Rogers camp and JB's camp. So that's going to be my main content. Your main content should be you at Old Miss in the rec department. Okay. I'm telling you, there's a big opportunity there. You won't even have to think about all these other videos to record because you'll have this long piece of two hours worth of clips. And you just go through there and that becomes that becomes your your content. Okay. 
how do you how do you find somebody that could be a videographer if you don't currently have one to you know like uh, for me I would I would use most of the time my fiance but she's in Tuscaloosa most of the time so like how do you you have a lot of people in your campus that you could probably be like hey do me a favor I need you to film me or it may be five again this comes down to creativity when there sure. was no film for me back in 2014 at any of these gyms I was going to I still mm -hmm. that was that's an excuse for me to say oh there's no film or I can say no I'm going to Best Buy I'm buying a camera and I'm going to hire someone to come film me okay so create this create the solution you don't yeah. how are you going to find someone to film you find someone to film you okay. we have a lot of relationships ask i i asked my wife i asked my neighbor i asked my friend i brought former students mm -hmm. you may you may use five different people oh you're available for 17 minutes right now for you to go catch this post game with me and the seven officials please film this okay i'll send you a link for a cheap iphone mic you have an iphone I do. I actually already have a mic system that I utilize. Great. Yeah. Great. Or just, if I've, you have no one, it's called a tripod. Yes. I have, I have looked into getting one of those. Um, I'm just trying to figure out with our space how I can best set it up to catch. The, but don't think too hard about that stuff. Remember, production value is not that important. It's more or okay. less just getting it done. Like I would rather you just tomorrow go put a phone right on the mic stand, bring your guys in over here, say, hey, guys, I'm filming over here. I want to make sure the angles are okay. And then, boom, then you have no one filming you. You're doing it yourself. Okay. It may be you one day. It may be Johnny from, you know, campus rec department uh, on Tuesday. But yeah. those are these are easy questions for you, for you to figure out. Just do it. Okay. Kind of like Nike. <laughs> just just get, get the ball rolling. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so I guess last question for me that I really have for you is when it comes to the content, uh, specifically the, the, this clip, how, do you want me to just text it to you? You want me to email yeah, it? Text you... me the clip. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. And the mic'd up content you get at Old Miss, that would be stuff I would look to share too. So just mm -hmm. imagine you could share it on your platform and then I'll share some clips of you on Crown Refs as well. Okay. Perfect. You know, and then we'll, we'll I know I'll be at Duke way. this weekend, so. I'll oh. try to get some. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting, it's, it's the same, same situation as Ole Miss. Um, it's the nursery regional. Um, That's a cool job. You got. Some, yeah. I, I love, I love giving back. And I think this is, this is really going to help me get off the ground with more than just doing these tournaments. I can utilize this. Uh, and this is what I wanted to do for a while. So, so I'm, will you be in an instructional setting this week at all? Yes. Okay, I'll be so uh, a clinician. You got to record this weekend. Okay. In the in the dean, oh, not the dean dome, no Coach K dome, or whatever it's called. Oh, I, hope, I hope the championship game there. That would be awesome. I don't, I don't know where where they're doing it, but that would be so dope. Yeah, man, get those clips. You know, we okay. need to document Nursa. You are, you know, you're well versed inside that platform, and it's cool that you also meeting some other Crown Refs officials. That was cool that you met Tom. I know Tom's got yeah. a really bright future. How'd he look? Yeah, he, oh man, he he's sharp. Yeah. Um, had a, had a couple of things to tweak for him uh, as I'm far sure. as mechanics in some games, but it was he's a sharp he's a sharp official. He did a really good job this past weekend, um, and I'm I'm excited to continue to find those people and and work with them. That's cool. I I do yeah. I also have another official that reached out to me asking about how they joined Crown Refs, and I told him to email you. 
Um, was this official's name? What was his name? Josh Null. Josh Null. Okay, maybe it wasn't. Daddy. I don't know that he's reached out yet, but he emailed me on Saturday or Sunday. Daddy. Gotcha. Daddy. One second. This is the line. Say hi, John. Hi, John. Hi. Um, no, this was good, man. I'm glad. I love that you that you're bringing questions to the table. It it ignites a new kind of fire in me. So, I love this format. Keep it coming. You know. Um, Absolutely. Let's let's go uh, attack. You know this next steps just like we did in, in you know the first week, and then I'll look forward to hearing kind of your progress, hear how the shoot went, and taking it from there. Sounds good. All right, man. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Thanks. You too, Paul. Talk to you soon. Later. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. Serve the game. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If our podcast has brought you any value in the past, then we would love if you considered joining our mentor program and private community for officials. You can go to patreon.com backslash crown to get started today.